We're trying something new this week. Hope everybody's doing well. And I have a weird overlay and I can't get it to go away. There it is. Hey, there I am. How you doing, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Believing Theologist podcast, a live version of it um, here. And as a reminder, as always, I am here to bring sound doctrine, preaching, and the gospel to the great state of Michigan, all the way from our southern regions down here in Lansing and Jackson and down closer to the border of Ohio and Indiana, and also to the furthest reaches of the UP. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on today. A lot of stuff that you would think that would not be happening in such a society as we have. And I find it very, what's the word I'm looking for? Disturbing, to say the least, but yet at the same time, not surprising. But before we get into that, I want to read something. I think it'd be a good thing to uh, look over. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting verse 1. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, in which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, and if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, this is Paul speaking, mind you, as to one untimely born, he also appeared also to me. For I am the least of his apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And, by his, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, thought it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so that, so we preach and so you believed. A first reportance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried and raised from the dead on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This is the first and not most importance. Our sin is so great, we cannot even begin to honor God in our own in our own in our own desires, in our own flesh, in our own works, in our own efforts. For my righteousness is as filthy rags. No, I need a, I need righteousness that comes from God in order to be made right with God. And it's through the work of Jesus Christ that that is that that is completed, that is done. Repent. Put your faith and trust in Christ. Now, that being said, I want to get that in there because I don't want to forget, forget the most important part regarding the gospel. There's been a lot of things going on today. Um, many of you might have known or uh, seen a gentleman by the name of James Coates. He's a pastor up in Alberta, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. 
And with all these health restrictions and lockdowns and whatnot, a lot of things were happening. And uh, he continued to have services, and uh, he did not turn people away from his church. He didn't turn them away at all. He allowed them to keep coming, and they filled, <laughs> and they filled the, and they and they filled the place to standing room only in many cases. And what, um, and the health, the health officials kept coming back, say, "Hey, you can't do this," and he goes. I'm going to do it anyway, but no, if you're going to ticket me, I'll, and he, of his own, of his own volition, no, 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 was up front with, with the law enforcement, say, hey, I did this, this is what I did, this is why I didn't, and they went from there. Well, eventually, after several times of this, they decided to arrest him and take him into, and put him in, take him into custody. During this time, he was, no, he, Praying and asked everyone else to pray for his family, his wife, and his children, his church. And uh, he um, wanted to, and when they tried to get, get out, he was told, well, we'll let you go, but you have to stop preaching. You can't pastor the church anymore. You can't hold worship services anymore. And his response says, no, I can't do that. And rightly so, praise God. So he was in jail for roughly 35 days. He was finally released. Um, any fines were counted as time served. And then just as of this morning, just after Easter Sunday, the local government took and in the middle of the night from what I, from the reports I've read, took, seized the built, took, seized the building, the location, changed all the locks, erected fencing. And put 24-hour security in place in order to keep them from meeting. Now, will this stop the Church of Jesus Christ? No, no, it won't. God will continue to build His church and build His kingdom. However, what in this case I'll say the state, for lack of a better way of putting it, what the state is doing is flat-out tyranny. Now, folks will say, well, well, he was defying the uh, health orders in Romans 13. No, this goes beyond the government's responsibilities as we see in Romans 13. This goes beyond that. This is a tyrannical move and direct persecution of fellow believers. Now, I want you to think about that. Because a lot of us here in the West, oh, that'll never happen here. That'll never happen here. We got it so good over here. We got all these freedoms and so on and so forth. But unfortunately, um, that's, <laughs> it's coming, folks. It's already here. It's health, it's health issues now. There'll be something else later. That's coming, and we need to be prepared for this. We need to fight. Now, with that, I want to bring uh, my pastor in, Brett McAtee. He decided to come hang out with us today. How you doing, Pastor? Oh, you're muted. You're mute. <laughs> Got to unmute. There we go. Hi, I think I'm there. Yep, I got you. 
I was just working on Romans 13 a little bit to underscore what you were saying. Yeah, I've, yeah. Um, much of a, I'm finding the most disturbing part about this is uh, there's a lot of folks a lot of folks that I know are out there that'll be like, well, what's the big deal? No, he was defying the health. He was defying the health mandate. Well, the government has a responsibility to exercise justice. Uh, it's given the, the tool of the sword and it should only be doing whatever it is that the sword can do. Um, and this doesn't fall underneath the purview uh, of the government. Now, I don't know as much about Canadian law, obviously, mm -hmm. as I do about American law. But Romans 13 says uh, to the believers, do what is good and you'll have praise from the magistrate. Well, this implies that the only way that you can understand what good is, is by God's law. So when Paul says do what is good, he's talking to the believers. He's saying do what is good by the standards. Of, that's the only standard there can be. The standard of God's law, and you'll have praise from the magistrate. Well, when the, when the magistrate is not giving you praise because you're doing good, and good here is obviously worshiping together as God's people, then the magistrate is is operating counterintuitive to what Romans 13 presupposes in, in, in the text. The magistrate is supposed to be doing good, but when he's stopping worship, he's doing evil, and so he's operating contrary to God, and we don't owe him any obedience. He has proclaimed himself illegitimate at that point. So the yeah. government isn't isn't absolute. It, it's, it doesn't have absolute sovereignty. Only God has absolute sovereignty. And you can't invoke Romans 13 when the government says quit worshiping. Mm -hmm. Christians look at that and just laugh. And it should laugh. They should laugh at a lot of other things, but in, but including that. Yeah. Because yeah, my because a lot of what it is, like with Pastor James Coates and others like him, um, they're standing up and fighting this, uh, th this, this, uh, this tyranny. Um, another example, another pastor in Canada, um, Calgary, was the exact thing. A uh, uh, gentleman, Polish immigrant, I believe, and he, um, and it appeared to be during service, and six officers of the RCMP and a health official came in. And um, and he he more or less commanded them get out. You don't have a warrant. You have no place here. You can leave. And I think rightly he referred to them as Gestapo, Nazi, and so and uh, I forgot a couple, a couple other words. Because what this is and what's going on, what a lot of people don't realize with a lot of these uh, health health mandates, mask issues, and whatnot that's going on. While while the the pestilence we are facing is a very very real thing, and is needs to be taken seriously, a lot of these extra things that the governments have been putting on the people are not nece not necessarily not necessary, but tyrannical in nature. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, there's all kinds of of people out there that, at the very least, they're saying that this is far less dreadful than what it's been uh pumped up to be um doubt there's no doubt that there's you know there's something out there um but the experts are still arguing about you know how extensive it is how widespread is it really a pandemic or is it just that the media has exploded it and pumped it up into one um the statistics 
they've done funny things playing with the statistics. Um, you can they're dropping people down the memory hole that disagree with them. That is, you know, scientists, uh, medical doctors, and so we're at the point where we can't believe what we're being told by the political experts or the lapdog legacy media. So we have to ferret this out for ourselves the best we can and understand that the state is God's enemy. There's just no two ways to say it. The state is God's enemy mm-hmm. and they're acting like God's enemy and Christians should be very suspicious whatever the, whatever the authorities have to say. Yeah, I would agree. Because um, when I was look, when I come across the um, the the articles today, the uh, what 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 they did, they put up a double fence around the parking lot of the building in order to keep folks out. But like I said earlier, the thing I find is interesting. Now, God's people are resilient. Now, if you close down a central building building, that's fine. We'll find somewhere else to meet and worship together, regardless if that building exists or not. Right. I mean, if you look at history, for example, the Covenanters, it got so bad for them in terms of being persecuted by the state, in this case, the king, that they had to meet out in fields. They would pass the word along and they would have their conventicles, their meetings, their worship time out in the fields in order to avoid uh, the machinations of the state. Mm-hmm. And it may get to that point here. You know, We don't have to have a building in order to gather worship, but I guarantee you the state's still going to be unhappy no matter where we gather to worship. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing I thought was interesting was uh, looking around earlier. Um, if you're familiar with the uh, YouTube channel Defy Tyrants, Defy Tyrants, um, he uh, put a thing about how he referenced that pastor from Calgary. No, and more it's pushing the tyrants out of the church, keeping the state out of the church. And one thing I thought was interesting, he said, even Disney understood this. I said, um, I was was I I'm like, really? And he showed the clip. You remember uh, Disney's Robin Hood? Right. Yep. one. The point where uh, the sheriff is going there, taking coins out of the offering, out of the poor box to pay for the taxes. And Friar Tuck gave him what for? Yeah. I remember that. No, yeah. and, uh, and I never thought about this scene in this way. But one thing that uh, the Defy Tyrants, the channel, this channel said, is that even Disney was saying this is how churchmen behave. This is this is how they behave in order to protect their flock and the people God have entrusted to them, and the, and and rightly dividing the word of God is to keep the wolves at bay whether they be theological wolves or even tyrants of the state. Right. This, this starts falling into the whole idea of, of jurisdictions. The church is its own, has its own jurisdictional sphere. Mm-hmm. The state has its own jurisdictional sphere and the family has its own jurisdictional sphere. Uh, someone will add others, like someone will say the university and, and some will add others, but let's just go with those three. And the idea is that in each, each is jurisdictional sphere, they have the authority. They have the authority in that sphere. So when you go into the church sphere, which is what we're looking at now, mm-hmm. the state's entering into the church jurisdictional sphere. They are outside their jurisdiction. They have no jurisdiction in the church. People don't understand this. The church is like a embassy in a foreign country because mm-hmm. 
God is the authority. Now, if you know anything about embassies, the property that the embassy is on and whatever country it's in is, is the property of that country that the embassy is on. It's not the property of, of uh, for example, an Italian uh, embassy here. The property it's on in America is Italian property. And it's the same way with the church. The church is God's kingdom. It's God's embassy on planet Earth. And the state has no jurisdiction in the church. The jurisdictional authorities in the church are the elders. The jurisdictional authorities in the um, civil realm are the magistrates. And that would take a long time to, to work through. Mm -hmm. But the state has no jurisdictional authority in the church when it comes to these kinds of issues. People don't realize that anymore. They just think the church is underneath the state, but it's not. The church is its own jurisdiction, and the authorities have no have no jurisdiction to enter into the church in order to start in their name and their authority by their God, it's not the God of the Bible, trying to shut down the church. The only thing I have against the guy, the Polish guy in Canada, is instead of calling them Nazis, he should have been calling them Czechists. Um, but then nobody knows what a Czechist is. I mean, it's just, it's a Soviet equivalent of a, a Gestapo. Mm -hmm. A bunch of communists is what they are. Um, and I, I salute that guy. He's Oh, you froze up on me. <laughs> um, well, we're waiting for him to. Oh, you're back. There, you froze up a little bit there. Yeah, uh, we're having trouble. Yeah, the the fun world of interwebs. Um, <laughs> and for folks, if you haven't seen it, I want to sh actually share this. Oh, because I want. Well. Um, uh, Brad, I'm sure you can see that. Yeah, I can. Now that's just one picture of what what was what what they put up there. That's at Coates Church. That's at Coates Church. Yeah, that's that's one layer. There's another. This looks like an early picture because there's a second layer that actually goes up a lot along the outside edge of the parking lot as well. You know, this also is an invasion. I mean, again, I don't know Canadian laws, but here this would be an invasion of private property. Is that my property or is it not? And if it's my property, what are you doing setting up fencing on my property? Yeah, exactly. They actually, um, watching a stream earlier, there was, uh, I think it was with uh, uh, Marcus Pittman. He was interviewing uh, some, a member of the church. And um, Apparently, they the church actually shares a drive with I think another business or resident right next door, and he, and he made a point to because uh, the police were going to put everything over the entire property over the entire property, and he kicked them off his side of the property. The other business owner, yeah, <laughs> who who, from my understanding, is also a member of the church. So it's it. There's nothing else that you can call it, but, but um, well, another word they used for tyrant once upon a time was usurper. Mm -hmm. Usurper was somebody who was going above or beyond the law. That's what's going on. This is extra legal action. Um, but if people will put up with it, it's not going to end. They're going to keep pushing the envelope until people start drawing some lines. Yeah. Now, and um, a lot of the communication I've been seeing today, that's kind of the big thing so when what not necessarily what does that look like but at least standing up and drawing the lines because i want and part why i want to present this today really is just 
put it out there for if no if anybody's if nobody sees this video hey at least we talked about it i guess there you but go if anybody else sees it what i want because my hope and heart because the whole reason i started believing theologist was because um a lot of the nonsense nonsense i see in the area churches in the greater lansing area no primarily i see a lot of the things i share typically cares the crazy charismatic stuff but there's a lot more going on that I didn't re <laughs> realize was happening. There's several churches in the area with women pastors. There's several churches in the area who claim to be reformed, but uh, on paper, but they're not. There's then you have the ne the neo I'll say neo Calvinist folks, and so on, and it's a huge mess. And I want to see because I hope because if something like this comes to Lansing. How many of these local pastors are actually going to stand? Well, in my opinion, not very many of them. I mean, only time will tell. But mm -hmm. I mean, they've they've already shown their their cards by the way that they responded to you know the request to shut down. They you know they shut down. Some of them are still following these insane uh, social distancing mask um, programs. So, you know, if things got rough here, I can't imagine many people doing what John MacArthur did in the West Coast. Yeah. And that's yeah. just saying, well, you guys can make your rules all you want. We're, we're going to worship. Yeah, I just, I, 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 part of me, almost, I almost find it troubling, to be honest. Um, because I, because when I was thinking about this, I could I was racking my brain. Okay, what pastors and clergymen do what that I know that would possibly would stand up to all this? And the only ones I came across or I could think of were you, and then the uh, pastor of the um, uh, I forgot. I think it's Grace Baptist. I think on Canal Road off of St. Joe. Were the only ones that stayed open? Is that what you said? No, or the ones that would ones that would stand stand up to some what what's going on in, in uh, Canada, Edmonton, right today. No, would stand up would stand up against something like that. What clergy members, and I could only think of two, and you were one of them. Well, there are you know I'm trying to be as generous as I can here. There are some guys out there who follow a theology called a radical two kingdom, mm -hmm. and. They've said if they try to put, referring to they being the, the, the state, if they try to put their hands on the morning worship service, that's where we draw the line. So that's what they say. Mm -hmm. um, who knows? I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, not a lot. Unfortunately, ne neither do I. Um, but, the, but look, unless churches, and churches are probably the place where you should expect it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess businesses too, because they, you know, they have an interest in staying alive in terms of their livelihood. Mm -hmm. But if churches won't draw the line, then then who will? Yeah, that reminds me of a couple things I've been following. I kept keep hearing this over and over. Politics are downstream of culture. Culture is downstream of religion. Right. Culture uh, is best defined as the and internet froze again. Yay, internet. 
need to get an update for you. Pastor. There you are. Can okay. you say that again? You froze again. Yeah, I just said that uh, culture is the outward manifestation of a people's inward beliefs, which saying that is culture. So culture, when I look at culture, when you when anybody looks at culture, what they're looking at, if they have eyes to see, is they're looking at theology or religion is yeah. the word used. So everything I see in culture tells me what kind of religion uh, the people believe in. So if I want to change politics, as you say, I have to change culture. But if I have to change, if I want to change culture, I first got to change the religion of the people. And short of doing that, there is no changing of the culture or or, or of politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of folks I think are are missing because uh, no, with the no, I'll, I'll I'll put it this way. My uh, my like my um. I'll say rejection of dominion theology as taught by the charis uh, charismatic wing of things. No, in the way they teach their uh, quote unquote seven mountain mandate is that no, there's no talk of changing, of uh, getting the gospel, changing hearts of folks. It's just take over the institutions and that's it. That's all you got to do. There's, there's right. no, there's, there's no, really no underlying no, get getting the word of God to fo to folks that are or that are in these institutions, or even helping people to serve in the vocations in which they find themselves. It's always this huge, giant, grandiose thing. Right, and and that definitely is a problem. Um, I think we have to understand that it's got to be a both and, not an either or. Yeah, um, yeah. it's got to be top down and bottom up. At the same time and inside out, that means there's got to be a heart change or heart renewal. So it's got to be grassroots, but it's also at the same time, it's got to, it's also got to be the ongoing attempt to, to own the institutions, but you can't do, if you have grassroots that isn't working on owning the institutions, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And if you're seeking to own the institutions without having grassroots change and conversion and repentance and by getting the gospel out, then that's not going to succeed either. It's got to be a both and top down and bottom up. Yeah. Uh, taking dominion um, without lives being changed is just, is just not going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly there. Um, anyway, um, like I said, I just want it's late. Didn't want to go too. Yeah. I didn't want to go too long with this. Um, for those of you who tuned in for a split second, I was watching the little live viewers thing there. Um, I hope that this, uh, the any or anybody who comes across us, they would find this helpful. And to those pastors here in Michigan, go back to the scriptures if you haven't been. Teach your people rightly, and there's coming a time in which we have to stand. And frankly, I, I that that. That's almost a kind of a frightening prospect, but knowing that it's coming, we can at least somewhat prepare ourselves a little bit for it. So that being said, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me on, on this, Pastor, because uh, you're a wise man. <laughs> That's my goal, at least to get there someday. Yeah. It, was, it was a good program. Thanks, Matt. All right. 
And until next time, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Believing Theologist. If any of you listening have any questions or comments, look up Believing Theologist on iTunes, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter at Believing Theolo. That's at B-E-L-I-E-V-I-N-G-T-H-E-O-L-O on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you'll stick around for a few episodes or more. This has been an episode of the Believing Theologist podcast, proclaiming the gospel and sound doctrine to the furthest reaches of the great state of Michigan. Go in peace. I love and serve the Lord.